bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am glad you're with us again, and I'm especially excited because of our guest. Uh, we've had him for the last two episodes, and he, he's here for the final one, Jay Vincent, who is uh, an advocate for people with invisible disability uh, disabilities, and he advocates in the court systems for them. And Jay, I really appreciate you coming back and joining us. Thank you for letting me be here, Mike. I appreciate you as a friend, and thank you so much for... Uh having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. And I just appreciate the work you do. I've, of course, I've uh, got to watch the evolution of how you came to do the work you're doing. And it's, it's at times we wondered about the journey, but now we see the beautiful results of what came out of that. Now, today we're going to look specifically at what Jay does. We're going to put you in the courtroom as a listener and let you watch Jay advocate for people with disabilities and, and my hope is that you'll be inspired and do the same thing where you're at and, uh, and, and pick up the mantle because people are lonely. They're alone. They're, they feel hopeless. They don't know their rights and they get run over because of it and uh, become more traumatized than they already are. So I really want you to listen to today's show so you can pick up the tools uh, that you need. Uh, but, Jay, we've touched on this in past episodes, but what exactly is an advo- ADA advocate? Um, well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really broad answer, and uh, I'll, I'll nail it down to this. As an ADA advocate, I, I, I try to see how a disability affects someone and how it uh, causes them difficulty in navigating whatever system they're facing. Mm-hmm. And then I try uh, to uh, efficiently get them either reasonable modification or uh, a workaround mm-hmm. to the system so that uh, their difficulties are removed or at least uh, greatly mitigated. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what uh, ADA advocacy is. Very good. Uh, now, somebody has to go to court. They've got an invisible disability. They find you. They contact you and ask for your services. How do you help people once the, you're in touch with them and they're interacting with the court? What happens at that point? So uh, when, uh, you know, it's, it's really been a disappointment with the court system. Uh, when I When I go to court, on behalf of someone, uh, the first thing that I'm tasked with is to find out what Title II calls the designated responsible employee. Now, the common name for this is the ADA coordinator. Mm-hmm. And so I call the court and I ask them who their ADA coordinator is. And a lot of times they don't know. They, they have no clue who this person is wow. or who, who carries that label. And it's a, it's a, it's a uh, you know, Chief cook and bottle washer, you know, it's kind of that, that kind of thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's an extra label slapped onto somebody because, you know, they do a bunch of other stuff. So we might as well say they're that as well. Mm-hmm. What I've mostly found is that the court administrators are slapped 
uh, with a label of ADA coordinator as well. And they get, they get up maybe an hour, hour and a half training on this in 30 years. And, and, and people come up and, and use it, you know, two or three times, maybe, uh, you know, uh, a year or if that much. Mm-hmm. And they, they just don't get a whole lot of response. They don't get a whole lot of, uh, uh interaction with this. And so when somebody with an invisible disability comes up and asks for modification, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a cluster, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of a, it's a mess. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh, a lot of times will want to shuck off their responsibility onto a judge. And then the judge just will blanket deny the request for modification. And, you know, I have to go in and tell the judge, look, you, you're denying the client equal access to court. I mean, you can't adjudicate a case where the client doesn't even have access to coming to court. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a big disappointment in trying to go to court with someone. And, and honestly, if they're going in by themselves, they're having, uh, you know, a, a higher, a much higher exponential rate of failure in trying to get equal access. Than, than they would with uh, an external third-party observer with them, like mm. me. Now, but, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But I, I do, I do uh, fight valiantly to get them equal access, and occasionally it happens. Occasionally, so that's why I was going to ask a next question: Is once you have informed judges, do they tend to cooperate? Uh, well, no. <laughs> Uh, once I've informed judges, see judges, they have this thing where they don't really, they don't really appreciate being told what to do. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a, uh, maybe perhaps as a character flaw, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ego challenge. You know, the little egos are, are butthurt because somebody comes in and says, this is the way it has to be done. Well, you know, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that comes <laughs> in and says, this is the way it has to be done. Yeah, so, you're the fun guy huh, in the court. Now, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the mushroom, yeah. How does uh, this ADA advocacy, how does it work with juries? Or is it just all up to the judge? Well, I uh, I have never uh, applied it to uh, voir dire or uh, a jury setting. I haven't. I've almost been to that point, but I haven't been to that point with a client. Like I said, a lot of times they want to deboard the plane or they'll get distracted by some plea deal and mm-hmm. all of a sudden their ADA rights are, are no longer, you know, something they, they care about upholding. And so um, I'm, I'm in a case right now where a client does not have equal access and there's this uh, plea deal thing that's being floated out in front of them. And I think it's a distracting thing, but mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I can't tell them anything other than I can tell them. And I told them how I felt about it. And if they want to take the plea deal and run, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's a part of the trauma of court. They want you in and out of there as quickly as possible yeah. while getting what they can get out of you. I see. Uh, now, if you do interact with the jury, what rules applies to the jury with the ADA? Well, the jury is a part of the program services and activities of the state and local government, which is under Title II of the ADA. So mm-hmm. they would be required to not discriminate. They would provi- they would be required to. Uh, um, I don't. Are you talking about somebody sitting on the jury or yeah, somebody, somebody who's sitting on the jury and the 
there's a person that's facing the you know the court system with an invisible disability how is the jury supposed to does this play into how the jury perceives the proceedings in their final decision or well i mean if you want a jury of your peers and you have ptsd Mm -hmm. that's gonna be hard to find i see yeah yeah Wow. There's all kinds of monkey wrenches that, that can be thrown and are available. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, I, I don't know why the jury popped into my head, but as more I was thinking about as you were talking, I thought, wow, that, that seems like that would suddenly become a very difficult process. Uh, wow. So why is representing these individuals with disabilities, why is that your passion? Because... I guess I could boil it down to two words. They're Latin words. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of animicus, a- a- amicus curi? I have not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, a lot of times in Supreme Court cases or appeals court cases, there will be a certain there. There are certain groups that will write what they call an amicus curi brief, mm-hmm. and it's called friend of the court. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not amicus curiae. I'm enemicus curiae. I'm an enemy of the court. Oh, interesting. And I'm okay with that because the court is at law, and I am in the administrative. And if my client cannot get access to the at-law piece through the administrative, Mm -hmm. then me and the court are going to butt heads. Mm Mm-hmm. And my experience has been that the court doesn't care about giving equal access, even though it's legally bound to provide it. Yeah. And why would we, why would we believe in trust or abide a system that calls itself the justice system while it regularly dispenses injustice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why that's why I'm so passionate about this because I believe what we have in front of us is a big dog and pony show mm-hmm. where an egomaniac sits four feet above everyone else, mm-hmm. calls himself honorable, has zero honor, mm-hmm. and they're required to provide equal access, and all they end up doing is making it worse. Yeah. Wow. And I appreciate you putting it that way so clearly. Uh and some listeners may be a little thin at that, but my experience tells me that uh, you're right on uh, with that. Now, uh, how do the individuals with a disability... Well, let me back up, because I thought of another question I want to ask. So what's your relationship to the person's attorney who's representing the case? Oh, that's a, that's a, real, that's a real hairy egg walk. Um, it's, uh, if, if somebody already has an attorney... Or, you know, sometimes I've, I've actually helped people get attorneys midstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm more of a non, uh, conducive with attorneys, but, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I have seen some attorneys that, that act like they want to help other people. And, it, and I, I'm actually right now, I'm in the process of working with a few lawyers in a training capacity. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, they, they want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if if I if a person has a lawyer and I come in as an ADA advocate, 
the first talk I have with a lawyer is, well, I, you know, I'm sorry, but you and I are going to be adverse too, and you're going to have to make me the bad guy. You know, I'm not coming in looking to paint you in, right. in, in, in dark paint, but you're going to have to paint me in some dark colors. I mean, I'm, I'm the bad guy here. And I'm okay with you telling the judge that I'm threatening to hold you accountable as well. Therefore, we need to go ahead and look at this ADA piece so that neither one of us are in trouble. Now, lawyers still have uh, have little fortitude when it comes to this, from my experience. But, uh, you know, I have seen some lawyers that have tried to get their client equal access to the ADA by allowing me to be an active part of what's going on. And it's uh, it, it's an awkward it's an awkward situation because lawyers are at law. I'm in the administrative, and if my my client and their client does not have equal access through the administrative, you know, I, I have a in my mind I have a duty. There's no legal duty, but I have a, mm-hmm. a, a duty to call it out, even if I have to do so in court. And that that pisses judges off, mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. Now, uh, do you influence the outcomes of cases? Uh, I influence the outcome of whether or not access is a cha- is attained. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not I'm not really in a case to uh, deal with or dispose of or argue or be concerned with the subject matter. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's a you know traffic ticket or robbery charge or a civil dispute or uh, uh, domestic violence or, or a custody battle or a divorce. I don't, it's, it's not up to me to determine those things. I may have feelings about them, but I'm not there for that. Okay. I got you. It makes sense. Now, have people responded in certain ways, uh, knowing that they have someone on their side in the court? Um, well, when people are terrified to go into court anyway, and I'm there with them, mm-hmm. it, it, it's been very rewarding to see their response and to hear them express afterwards how much different it felt knowing that I was right there with them. Oh, wow. And I, you know, e- even judges that don't want to give them equal access, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting in in the scenario with them, and the judge knows that I have a certification and I know what I'm talking about. It it does change the outcome of that particular matter of equal access. Uh, even if they don't get the equal access, uh, one client uh, had had dealt with a judge for 13 years, and uh, this judge was just. I mean, this, it, I'm going to say it like this, so I don't get into specifics. This judge had a track record of being uh, a problem, mm-hmm. a severe problem. And, and a rogue judge. And uh, she had, you know, the, the, the client had tried to uh, rid herself of this judge before. And I came in, pointed out what was going on, called the judge out on it, filed a judicial complaint against her, and the judge recused herself. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, yeah. Now, I remember you know, I, watching you on one of your proceedings on YouTube. Uh, and, uh, I think it was on zoom and it was interesting. You had spoken and this just awkward pause by the judge said it all to me. It was very interesting <laughs> to watch that. 
Now, they don't know how to react when someone who comes in and speaks authoritatively about a subject yes. uh, that they're not familiar with, uh, you know, uh, comes into the picture. So, yeah, yeah, they don't know how to do that. Now, we have listeners who may now be inspired and want to be involved in their community. Uh, and this is really what I want to get to uh, in this episode. Uh, you know, they there are people in desperate need of people like Jay, but also in people like you. And Jay didn't just, you know, do this overnight. It was a series of life experiences, training, and and all of that, uh, and educating himself and and coming to the point where he is now. And I hope that someone listening to this is inspired to do what Jay's doing in your community. Uh, and you can't do it, but... Uh, Jay, if somebody is inspired and they want to be involved in the courts of their community for people with uh, disabilities, what can they do? Well, uh, I would suggest that they, first of all, read Dr. Huffer's book, Unlocking Justice. It's available on Amazon. Dr. Karen Huffer, K-A-R-I-N, not E-N. Okay. But, uh, how do you spell that last name? H-U-F-F-E-R. Okay. And uh, also, uh, you know, William Gorin has a, a, a book. This, he's, in, he's working on his fifth edition now, Understanding the ADA. He writes the book for the American Bar Association. It's a $100 book, but if you really want to understand how the ADA works, he gives you a, a, a very good overall bird's-eye view of how the inner workings of the ADA uh are, you know, uh, on the board, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, and then he's got a blog and there's all kinds of, all kinds of resources online right now. But, uh, and then go to ADA.gov. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can see titles two and three, uh, are linked there. Uh, of course, title one is, is a different uh, title for employment law, but you can look that up as well. And uh, sorry about that yawn there. Oh, man. that's so all right. Hey, this is real life but, uh, happening, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's a really good uh, orientation piece just to go read the the ADA as it's laid out there on ADA.gov. Okay, very good. Now, do you offer training? I am in the process of setting up training for uh, individuals and also uh, law firms that uh, want to. Uh, know how to set up cases yes oh, good good i think that would be great uh and this is a very important question and i want us to really park on this for a minute is how do people get a hold of you well i'm on right now i'm on telegram and uh telegram channel is ada rights a-d-a-r-i-g-h-c-s all one word and then uh, and the email is ada rights at protonmail.com I actually have a couple of websites that I'm going to be putting up in the next three to six months. Uh, I'm working on those now, getting the particulars worked out. But uh, at uh, whenever that happens, it will be uh, adarightstrust.com and .org. Okay. Great. Uh, so we're winding down towards the end of this episode. This series has gone very fast for me. Uh and we spent a lot of time in preparation for it, but is there, 
give us a final word. I'm just not even going to ask. <laughs> How about a little demand? Give us a final word of encouragement as we close out the, here. The word disability is a stigmatized word, and mm-hmm. I just want to ask you, does it make me weak to admit that I'm weak? I would argue that no, that it does not. Mm-hmm. It actually makes me strong to admit that I'm weak and ask for help rather than to sit and suffer silently and uh, have no access to remedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, think about where you are, think about where you want to go, and realize that courage takes uh, fortitude, and fortitude takes self-assessment. Sometimes you have to look at yourself and go, you know what, I'm not making it like I'm doing it here. And uh, it may be okay for me to admit that I need help and, and ask for uh Ask for equal access. So that's kind of how that works. Okay, great. And mostly I've been focused on uh, uh, listeners who may want to help those with disabilities, but the fact is we may have someone listening who has that disability and is facing court, uh, a court hearing or proceeding of some kind. And uh, now you know that there's somebody that can help out, and you heard Jay's uh, email address. But that final word was very powerful. I really appreciated that. And I appreciated you joining me for this this look into something that we just don't think about. And it's great that you're out there sounding the alarm and educating people. So, Jay, it's been just phenomenal having you on and, and talking. And uh, I really appreciate you agreeing to do this. This is one of my more favorite uh, most favorite uh, podcast record is with you. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate you as a friend, and, and uh, I wish you much success with your podcast. And thank you. And uh, I hope uh, you know maybe we'll be on a, a, a major television show at some point. Hey, there yeah, you go. Knows. We've got Merv Griffin knocking on our door right now, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Date hopefully, myself hopefully a little not, bit maybe. there. <laughs> All right. Uh, You have a good one, buddy. Yeah, you too. Have a great day. And uh, to our listeners, I just want to encourage you that real people are experiencing real suffering at the hands of courts. These individuals uh, who suffer with disabilities every day need uh, help for somebody to help them understand their rights in court and to have equal access. And I'm thankful for people like Jay, and I hope you're inspired. Feel free to contact me or to contact Jay, and I hope you have a blessed day as you work right where you are for a just society. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis, a common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.